Well, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Good Wednesday evening to all of my friends, First Baptist Church, as we stream live on Facebook. May the Lord bless you, and I hope that you had a wonderful Fourth of July weekend with your family and your friends. Here we are back in the midst of the week, and God is good to us all the time, every day. Well, we continue to have good services and opportunities to be together. Now we have all of our age-graded Sunday school classes meeting again along with adults. Come on back, First Baptist Church. Come on back, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock worship, 9.30 Sunday school, and 10.30 Sunday school. And I hope that you'll plan to be with us as we continue to pray for revival in these days, in our own personal lives, in the life of our church, in the churches of the world, and also awakening in our world that many will be saved and come to Jesus. Well, tonight I'd like for you to find your copy of God's Word, and I am always glad when you can join me on Wednesday nights in your busy schedule or whenever during the week you have the opportunity to watch this uh, video broadcast of our time together midweek. Psalm 143, Psalm 143, we'll read just two verses tonight, verses 10 and 11, as we continue to think about revival and how God must revive us again. Psalm 143.10 Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher. We thank you for each time we can gather in person or in spirit as we gather here tonight uh, to look at your word. Revive us again. And tonight we pray, we pray, O Lord, that you would revive us according to your name and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, several questions I wanted you to see tonight that would give us started in thinking about revival. Tonight, our focal truth is this. God revives His people for His own glory. God revives His people for His own glory. We see that in verse number 11. For the sake of Your name, O Lord, revive me. For the sake of Your name, O Lord, revive me. It's important for us to consider that revival is God's blessing to us, but God's, God's sending of revival to His people is for His glory alone. We share nothing in the glory of God when He brings revival. Revival comes to glorify God and to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight we consider revival as it glorifies God. So here's some questions I have for you tonight. When you think about revival, and we've been thinking about it a lot, many of you have responded to me that you're praying and that you're asking God to send revival, but here's a question. It's a personal question. Do you pray for revival for uh, personal reasons? Do you pray for revival so that things will be better in your life? in your family's life, in the life of your friends? Well, you see, revival 
is not for our benefit. Do you pray though for revival for your benefit? Yes, there's a benefit, great benefits that come for all of us as a result of God sending revival. But God sending revival is not first of all and primarily for us. It's for God's glory. Have you considered the glory of God as the focus of revival? Think about how God is glorified when He brings revival to a uh, barren church's ministry, unfruitful ministry, when He brings a revival to our personal lives when we've been in sin and away from God. Think about the glory of God that's seen when it looks so bad that it doesn't seem like God could do anything with any people. Remember the prophet, can God said, can these dry bones live? And of course, God put the bones back together and gave them life. So you see, revival does bring glory to God. And here's my question. What are you asking God to do for you in the future? You see, personal revival is something we ask God for today. But in these verses, it's interesting, these verses give us, if we were reading this in the Hebrew language, verbs that are in the future tense. They're prayer for future revival. Prayer for God's help and preservation in the future. So tonight we look at these wonderful things and I have four observations that come from the text. And actually these observations are just line by line from what we have here in David writing to us in Psalm 143. So let's get to it. Observation number one is a part of this prayer for revival. Teach me to do your will. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. You see, God is our teacher. God is our authority. God is our director and guider, our Savior and our Lord. Who better to teach us but God? We've had many teachers in our life, but none like the Lord. And especially the blessing that we have of knowing the Holy Spirit of God as our teacher. So notice he says, teach me to do, or excuse me, to, yeah, to do your will. To do your will. He asked that God would help him to do the will of God. So God teaches us to do what He wants us to do. He, he teaches us to do the things that honor Him. Teach me to do your will. He says, teach me because you are my God. As I said, Isaiah 2.3. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that He may teach us concerning His ways and that we may walk in His paths. That's the future. One day when the Lord Jesus sits in Jerusalem, enthroned in glory during that millennial reign, many will come, many of the peoples will come and say, let's go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God. Oh, can you imagine what it would be like to hear the Lord Jesus teach, to teach the people? during those days of millennial reign. Teach me to know your will. That's what he's praying here. Teach me to know and to do your will. Knowing and doing the will of God. That's the priority and, pro and priority of revival, is knowing and doing the will of God. Also, we see uh, words like this about teach me. Uh, Psalm 25, 4 says, teach me to know your ways. 
not just to do your will, but to know your ways. Exodus 33, 13. Moses prayed, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you. You see, when God brings revival, He does it in unusual ways. He does it in ways we don't expect from sources that we don't think of. Psalm 25, 5, lead me in your truth and teach me. So here we have it. Teach me to do your will. Teach me to know your will. Teach me to know your ways. And lead me in your truth. What did the Lord say? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So in being taught by God, we're, we want God to teach us. And in revival, we pray for God to teach us to do His will, to know His will, to learn His ways, and to lead us in His truth, and to also teach us Your Word. Teach us the Word of God. Psalm 119.26, Teach me Your Word and revive me according to Your Word. Well, the Holy Spirit of God has been given to us as believers to teach us God's purposes and God's ways. The Lord said, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So revival is first of all, discovering and living in the blessed purposes of God. Revival, again, is discovering by being taught by God and living in the blessed purposes of God. So the first observation is a prayer. Teach me to do your will. Secondly, second observation comes right out of the text. Verse 10, lead, uh, let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Second observation, lead me on the right path. First, teach me to do your will. Second, lead me on the right path. Well, I love this phrase that David uses here to describe the wonderful Holy Spirit of God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Let your good spirit, allow your good spirit. By permission, David says, I am asking for the good spirit of God. God is good all the time. He is completely good. He is good eternally. He is good at all times. All that comes in our life is meant for good. It may have some tragedy and affliction in it, but God does good things out of the bad. We've learned that in Romans 8, 28. Now the prayer is, lead me on the path that is right. It's a level path. It's not filled with valleys or hills. It's a level ground. The good Holy Spirit leads us. What do we learn in the great Psalm, Psalm 23? He leads me beside quiet waters. That's the good path. Quiet waters. Waters that run deep. Great reservoirs of water. The good Holy Spirit leads us on a level path. Isaiah 26.7 says, The way of the righteous is smooth. Oh, listen, when you lived, when you lived in sin, it was always rough. It was always hard. It was like a path of thorns. Everywhere you went, always misery, always trouble. But even in the midst, here's the irony of it. When you follow the Lord, when you go on the right path and follow the Lord Jesus, it's a smooth way. Even in the, it's unexplainable how God brings good and smoothness in the rough days that we live through. The good Holy Spirit leads us on a level 
path out of the valleys of trouble and down from the mountains of temporary happiness. Sometimes we're on the mountaintop, but it's temporary happiness. Sometimes we're down in the valley wondering if we'll ever get out of the valley of the shadow of death. The Lord leads us on a level, smooth path. The prayer we have here for revival is that we'll be led on a smooth, level path. The good Holy Spirit leads us in righteous paths. Proverbs 2.20 is a promise that if you listen to the Lord, obey His Word, and take wisdom from God in all of your life, He says, you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of righteousness. There have been many others in other generations who've believed in the Lord Jesus and followed the level path, the smooth path. Well, the Lord said the narrow path in following Jesus is the righteous path. The narrow path. It's narrow. You can't do everything you used to do. The broad way, you could do everything you wanted, but it leads to destruction. But the narrow way, the narrow way, the gate is small and the narrow, the way is narrow that leads to life and few find it. Few find that path. It's a narrow path. It's an ancient path. Let's think about this. Lead me on the right path. It's a narrow path but it leads to eternal life. It's an ancient path for those who follow Jesus. Many have come before us. What did the Lord appeal to the, to the Israelites to do, though they would not respond? He said, Jeremiah 6.16, Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths. Ask God. This is what revival's about. Bringing you back to the ancient path. The path that so many righteous and faithful people have gone on before us. It's not only a narrow path and an ancient path, this path of revival and eternal life, but it's the peaceful path of the joy of the Holy Spirit in a world of chaos. That wonderful prayer, Luke chapter 1, 79, to shine on those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. The Lord guides our feet in the way of peace. Peace in our heart, peace in our soul, and peace with others. It's a brightening path. It's narrow. It's ancient. It's peaceful. But oh, this path, this level path that we're praying God would lead us on in revival is a brightening path. Listen to these wonderful words. Proverbs 4.18 The path of the righteous is like the dawn of the day that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. That's what happens. The longer you walk with God on the path of righteousness, it's a little bit dim, then it's brighter, then it's brighter until you're in full day and you walk in the light of God. Well, the first observation in prayer request for revival is teach me your to do your will. Secondly, it is lead me on the right path. Revival puts God's people back on level ground guided by the Holy Spirit. The third observation is the very words we've used over and over in these days of thinking about revival. He says in verse 11, For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me. For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me. Do it for your sake, not for my sake. Bring revival to me. Bring me back to life. Teach me to do Your will. Lead me on a level path. And revive me 
for your own sake. Now to pray that prayer means you've got to step aside as we talked about last week and deny yourself. You got to step aside. You got to say, do all you're going to do in my life for your glory. Whatever you bring in my life, do it for your own glory. Psalm 89.17 For you are the glory of their strength. That's what God is for all of us. He's the glory of our strength and by your favor our horn is exalted. How about this? When the Lord declared who He was, He declared His name to Moses. Exodus 33 The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression and sin, yet will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. I want you to think about this. For the sake of God's name, for the sake of a God who is filled with compassion and graciousness and slowness and patience, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, and sin and does not leave the guilty unpunished. This for your namesake, for that God who sent the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved the world to die for us that we might have life. You see, revive me for your glory according to your own name, for your own namesake. Revival is God's glory come among His people. Revival exalts the name of God in His compassion and grace. Revival reveals God's patience and forgiveness for His sinful and straying people. Revival shows God's greatness to all who see His work among His people. Revival honors the name of the Lord Jesus, the name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. So the first request for revival is here, teach me to do your will. The second is lead me on the right path. The third is revive me for your glory. And the last prayer request for revival is deliver me from soul trouble. Notice what he says in 143.11. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. Are you experiencing soul trouble today? Temptation is hard. Grief unbelief, troubles, fears, doubts, soul trouble. Soul trouble is real trouble. Soul trouble is deep in our heart trouble. It's not like external things. It's, oh, it's deeper than that. The attacks of the evil one, the troubles we have. Soul trouble. Are you troubled in soul? Well, that's why we need revival. We need revival so that God in His righteousness brings us out of soul trouble. And revival is God's bringing back the soul of His people. He brings us back to life. That's why we're praying for revival corporately. That's why I'm praying for you and for myself to have revival. Because when we have revival, He brings His people's soul back to life. God delivers for His namesake. God delivers for His righteousness sake. God delivers for His mercy's sake. Soul troubles are all around us. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. So tonight we see this prayer for revival. Psalm 143, 10 and 11. Four requests in the prayer for revival. First, teach me to do your will so that I might experience revival. 
Some number two, lead me on the right path so that I might experience revival. Number three, revive me for your glory so that I might experience revival. That really matters to the glory of God. And fourthly, deliver me from soul trouble. Well, there are several things that I'd like for you to remember tonight as we try to apply these words uh, that we've looked at together and I've tried to take you through. These things to remember are very important as we consider that revival is all about the glory of God. Number one thing to remember, all God does, He does for Himself. He does not share His glory with anyone. All God does is for Himself. I want you to think about that today. As you pray, as you pray, as you ask God for things and as you talk to Him in prayer, you're praying that God would be glorified in your life. God be glorified in our church, all for His own glory. What God does, He does for Himself. The second thing along with that is this, nothing God does is ever lost. Nothing God does is ever lost. Whatever He begins to do, He finishes. God doesn't lose anything. Now we lose things. We lose our way. We lose our confidence. We lose our faith. We lose our trust. We lose things. But God doesn't lose a thing. He keeps all things and He holds all things by the word of His power. All God does is for Himself. Nothing God does is ever lost. And The third thing I'd remind you of is that the gift of revival displays the glory of God. I've repeatedly said that. That the gift of revival displays the glory of God. You can't work to get revival. Revival is a gift of God for His own glory. The next thing I'd remind you of is that the Holy Spirit renews and honors the work of God in the believer's life. The Holy Spirit and His renewing power when He revives us, honors God's work in the life of the believer. That's why revival comes, to honor the work of God that He's doing in our life. And fifth, prayer for future renewal is an act of faith in God's glory. We have to trust God that He will glorify Himself by bringing revival to us, that it's best for us that He revive us. And finally, when God revives us, we long for God to teach us. When God revives us, we want more of His teaching, not less. You know, there are some who become unteachable in the church. They think they know what they need to know. But oh, those who walk with God have an insatiable desire for God to teach them more and more. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of His saving fullness. See, more of His love who died for me. That's what we say in revival. When God has revived us, we long for God to teach us. Well, what do we do with these things? How do we use them in our daily life? Let me give you a couple of things as we close. Number one, admit your unwillingness to learn from God. You know what's stopping revival in your life personally? You're unteachable. You're unteachable. You're unwill- you would rather argue with God 
then listen and submit to Him and allow the Holy Spirit of God to take the Word of God and apply it to your life. If you're going to have revival personally, you must be willing to say, I am unteachable. Lord, I admit that I am unwilling to learn from what You are putting in my life. Secondly, examine if you've strayed from the narrow way of following the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you stepped aside out of the way and you've stopped and you've gone back? Have you reverted back? Are you still on the narrow path? Are you? How can you pray for the Lord to lead you on the right path if you've stepped off of it, if you've stepped to the side, if you've stopped following the Lord Jesus? So admit your unwillingness to learn from God. Secondly, examine if you've strayed from the narrow way of following the Lord Jesus. Third, make it your great ambition. Make it your greatest ambition for God to be glorified in your life in all ways. That ends it. That ends selfishness. That kills it when I say, I want God's glory in my life, whatever He has to do. Whatever He needs to do, I call for God's glory to be my greatest ambition. Glorify God in your body. That's the way Paul said it. I say to my Christian friends, glorify God in your mind and in your body. Pray for God to change you, to teach you, to lead you on level ground, to give you this joy of being revived and deliver you from soul trouble. And finally, plead for God. Plead, and I'm using that word specifically in your prayer life. Plead for God to bring you out of soul trouble so that you might be revived. Heavenly Father, we thank You for tonight. We thank You for the opportunity to study Your Word. How we pray tonight, O Lord, for the sake of Your name, O Lord, revive me. Revive us. Revive our church. Revive the churches of the world and bring revival. To the glory of God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Come on back, First Baptist Church. Come on back. We've been in the holidays. We've had lots of things. It's the summertime. People on vacation. Make your way back to church. All of our Bible studies are going. Everything's taking place. I hope that you'll be there with us Sunday. If you have any kind of spiritual need, prayer request, something you'd like to speak with me about, please call or text. Let us know. And may the Lord richly bless you. And I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless you.